Hello folks, welcome to the Jock and Journo Show. This is a special episode because we got two of the best players in the game at the moment. I'm certainly excited. My name is Jay Clark and well, let's get straight to our special guest, uh, Scotty. He's an All-Australian He's a best and fairest winner. He's the Carlton Man Mountain. He's only 24 years of age. Thanks so much for joining us, Patrick Cripps. Thanks, Jay. A bit of a bit of male on the voice there. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at these intros, mate. You would have thought after three years I'd uh, perfect them, but I, but I haven't. Mate, can't wait to talk to you about life, about footy, get to know you off the field. And, uh, mate, your first 88 games have been uh, absolutely outstanding because a couple of years ago I would have thought this might have been a bit of a master and apprentice type situation but you comfortably sit alongside this man now. He's the five-time best and fairest winner, five-time All-Australian, three-time Anzac Day medalist. How are you going, Scott Penelbury? Very well, mate. Um, yeah, as you said, looking forward to having Cripper on and having a chat. He's the first guy I've ever tagged in AFL before, so I don't just say master and apprentice. It's certainly changed a couple of years ago pretty quickly. Who, who, who did get the points in that one? Because I remember we made a big fuss about well, you becoming a was, tagger all of a it sudden. Last, it wasn't last year. Yep. Um, it was the year before, wasn't it? Late. In yeah, the season, I reckon it was, um, and I gave him a bit of Cameron Ling treatment. Yeah. What Lingy used to give me? What's, what does that involve? Uh, it's the you know, get in right behind, control the hips. Oh yeah, <laughs> mate, it's 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 not nice <laughs> when it happens. Yeah, um, but yeah, now you'd be used to it. We, we, we had a good battle last year. Yep, round three, Pendles definitely got me that game. Is that right? What's um, he like to play on, Paddy? Is he is he is he on the lip? Is he difficult? Is he annoying? What do you? No, the the Cameron Ling treatment definitely came out. <laughs> yeah. You control the hips and squeeze him into the contest. Yeah, we had some good battles. We had another another game later in the year that was pretty even. Yeah, um, couple of touches. No, that uh, was funny. It's like because he, I think you kicked three and had like thirty something. I remember just going like. Like the bucks, like I'm trying. Yep. Like I'm doing everything I can. Trust me. And I swear he's grown again you? since we last played. <laughs> Were you Scott? And Were then, you um, What was funny though is uh, <laughs> Brownlow night because I got baked after the game. Bucks, you know, didn't play your role. Yep. Blah blah blah. Let their captain get off the chain or whatever it was. Yep. How many but goals? Yeah. Three goals. Kick three, I think. Did you follow yeah, him down two. at the forward no, line or not? Kick three that day. Yeah. yeah. Hand him over. I don't go. So if he goes forward, I'm not going. Like someone else, like Langers, will grab him or how? Yeah. So you gave him a I'm real toweling, Patty. Yes. No, nah, well, this is a f- funny story. But though. Brownlow Knight <laughs> yeah. so comes up, the Collingwood Carlton, and two votes, P. Cripps. Three votes, Collingwood, S, and Pendlebury. No. They're pissing ourselves because, like, I knew that I was. But Sidey played really well. Yep. And that, like, those three votes were like, I think he ended up losing by four votes or something. So they were, like, oh. crucial. And everyone thought Sidey was going to get it. So you well, jibbed Cripper and you cost steel. And I got baked by the coach and I got three Brownlow <laughs> votes. So it goes to show you the. Uh, Sometimes the umpires get it wrong. Oh, that's gold. Hey, um, what's well, how much respect you got for him, Scotty? Yeah, I mean he's twenty four years of age. I think he's Paddy Kipps is the kind of guy. We're gonna piss in your pocket here for a second, Paddy. He's the kind of guy who every football fan I reckon really admires because he plays with huge effort, such strength and power in the clearance. And you see him take the rest of his young teammates on his back every week yeah. and say, "Follow me." Like he, I reckon everyone with your Carl Nesson and Collingwood support or whatever. You admire yeah. watching this game play footy, this guy play footy. You do. Um, and like I've just heard little bits of stuff from Carlton come out. And uh, I think the most impressive thing for me watching Paddy go about his business is he hasn't waited for it to happen. It's not like you often, you know, guys mm-hmm. hit their peak at 26 and it's like, let's, you know, when I hit 26, I'll be a good player. Yep. Um, and I haven't asked you this before, but I get the sense that age was irrelevant. It was, I'll be the best player I can be as quick as I can be. And, I'm not going to wait to challenge for you know best player at Carlton or best player in the comp is I'll do it as soon as I can as quick as I can and um, certainly one of the best players in the competition at the moment. 
Were you in a hurry, Paddy? Did you when you arrived at Carlton? Did you think I want to get stuck in? Um, my first year, I reckon I floated a bit. Uh, I would be the first to admit that. Uh, I was probably a bit overweight, um, and I was probably just during the headlights. You get some of the guys you admired growing up, and all of a sudden you're sharing a locker room with them, like Juddy and that. Um, second year, I was probably the uh, I probably changed my whole lifestyle, um, and then yeah, I probably wasn't hurry. I'd, I was that big believer that just go out there and have a crack and um, why wait to be good, um, which I tell a lot of the young boys now. Um, Don't it's, wait. It's, it's definitely a mindset thing. If you if you wait to be good, you'll never get good. So, um, about the work you put in during the week and then that mindset game day that um, everyone everyone debuts at some point. So how quickly you realise you want to be good um, that sort of changes your career. I think with that, um, I was everyone in your first year. It's like everything's happening. It's so much changing. Uh, as you said, like for me, I walked in like Bucks, Paul Acura, you've got Chris Judd. It's like, wow, you sort of just sit back. You don't want to step on anyone's toes. Yeah. Sort of just want to find out how, where you fit. And I reckon <clears throat> what sets you up the most is your, that off-season with how you train, yeah. how you prepare, um, gym, how you eat. And you, you realise like everything matters. And then yeah. you get back in pre-season, all of a sudden you've taken this big jump. And a lot of guys have only just got marginally better. Yeah. And you think, you know, geez, if I... There is no place. There's not going to be a spot that opens up. You've got to force your way in. Yeah, that's the same with being a good player. You've got to force yourself to be a good be player. Be impatient with, with those habits, and that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment for you, Cripper, like that end of your first year? Did it just click by for you? Did Juddy grab you? I'm sure Andrew Trev probably didn't grab you. Yeah, I, I had a few moments. Like um, I remember having a deck scan. I was pretty high um, at the end of that year. Right, what's, a, what's a deck scan there, Cripper? I was 15 percent at the end of my first year. So <laughs> I, was, I, I definitely rolled out of the club. Um, but I remember because um, that was my knock, so sort of going through my, my draft, and that was like you were like, fat. Yeah, I was definitely a bit, bit chubby around the edges. <laughs> me too, mate. Um, but Andrew Walker had a good chat to me. I remember having a chat with him in the pro den room actually, and he he was like, like that strict with his diet, like his dex was ridiculously low. So I went that off season. I was um, I, I went too far with my diet. I was that strict that I ended up losing about five kilos of fat, and um, I actually lost a bit of muscle as well just because that that's how much how strict I got. But Juddy was a big one. He sort of sat me down and said, look, if you want to get better, you've got to do a few extras on the side. Um, sort of did a bit of speed training. And like Pendle said, the, that off-season definitely set up my whole career, my first one. Um, I came back, I was running better. All of a sudden, things that I could just get to more contests, more efforts. and um, So you felt the noticeable difference being that lighter? Well, you think, like, like, I remember Rob Wiley said to me once, like, you got a 900-kilo racehorse and they get weighted by a kilo with a jockey that from 60 to 59. That affects who wins the race. Yep. We're a 90 to 80 to 90-kilo athlete and I've got five extra kilos of fat on me. Yep. It's, a fair, it's a fair weight difference when you're carrying around for 120 minutes. So yep. that really st- sort of stuck in my head. And um, ever since then, I, yeah, you definitely along the way, you definitely like you, you find out what works for you and you definitely change things. And um, So what does that mean? Like no carbs or what do no, you... Like it's just... Oh, that off season, I pressed went no cars the whole off season, um, which was at the time I had to do it, but it was you know too too strict. I'm laughing. Yeah. You, did you eat tuna out of a can? Oh, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. Um, but I'm like, what? You're, uh, I'm a massive believer in that. You hear like um, a bit of guys. You need to have like this balance with how you play footy. Yep. And I like I agree you got to have balance, but I reckon there's an element where you need to be a little bit psychotic in how you prepare, like because. As much as you did the diet, it's more the mental side of it of forcing yourself to commit to something and, and see it out. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> once you become um, a better player and you've got all these habits, then I think the balance creeps more and more into your life because you don't mm-hmm. want to become so obsessed with footy. Yep. You don't want to get to the stage where you just train and then oh, I've got this and I don't really commit. Like, I think balance for elite sports people is probably like 80% of what you do is 
footy and then they've got your 20% outside of that. It's never 50-50. Yeah. We are at the George, and I tell you what, it is a fabulous menu here. Khan on uh, Cripper, you've been here several times before. You know how good is the Vietnamese food here? That's the ladies, the sponsor of uh, Carlton Footy Club, so we always come down and have a feed, which is, which we is had, nice. We had function here Saturday night. How'd it go? Unreal. The food just kept rolling out. Yep. And yeah, the boys didn't miss out on much. <laughs> the whole tip. Get down here at the George, 162 Collins Street, Melbourne's best drink and cocktails. Greg, you look after you, Maud. Uh, is all over it. If it's not the prawns, Cripper, it'll be the sticky beef, uh, or the sticky pork, I should say, and all the beef. You love the beef, Scotty. 162 Collins Street. Get down here, though, George. We are about to tuck into some, and it's absolutely magnificent. Cripper, tell us about um, growing up in farm life, because you come from rural... We don't know much about you, I don't reckon. You come from rural WA. I remember reading a story about you after you were first drafted, and I want to know if this was real or not, because your father... Brad Cripps was quoted as saying that he was just so thrilled and happy for his, and I quote, little bush pig. <laughs> he put big bush pig, he maybe corrected himself in saying in the article, is he taking the piss or does your old man really call you the bush pig? I gets a bit rattled with media. Which <laughs> <laughs> definitely flowed on to me in the first two years of my career. But, um, nah, look, I had a bit to do with my weight, I think, back then too. I was right. But um, no, nah, look, I... I'm a country boy at heart. Grew yep. up on a farm, which is 500 k's north of Perth. Yep. Um, Josh Kennedy's from there. Paul Hazby was. There's Daniel Cheek, Jamie Cripps. So there's a few that, from up there. Um, it's on the coast, so um, although it's rural, it's still a pretty good lifestyle up there. Perfect. Um, so what, what were you doing in terms of your farm stuff? Were you grain bins, sheep work? What, what, yeah. what Growing up, what were you doing? A bit of both. So we had like wheat canola we used to crop. Um, I grew up with sheep uh, all through... Uh, childhood, so you'd do shearing. Um, well, I didn't shear, but you'd do all the sheep work to get them ready. <laughs> up at five o'clock, chasing a few sheep into the yard, and all different type of stuff. And you had the motorbikes, you had the guns. Yep. We used to go hunting a fair bit. And then you got the obviously the beach. You used to go fishing, camping. So it was a good lifestyle to growing up. It's you're pretty free, and yep. Um, so I stayed there till I was year seven. Yep. Uh, and then went to school in Perth. Uh, did boarding school at Qantas College. So yep. Definitely a bit of a lifestyle change going to there. Then obviously coming over here. Perth to Melbourne's another big big lifestyle change. So, yeah, it takes a bit to get used to. Your former or your current teammate, Scotty, your former teammate, Alex Fasolo, calls himself the Prince of Perth. Do you rival him those stakes or is there some whisper that you may be the king of Perth? Is that right? Yeah, I always say to Faz, uh, every king has a prince. So. <laughs> um, That's so good. Well, there's one on Faz. He was the Prince of Perth and Jamie Elliott went over there. And he tried to get in somewhere. Faz was the Prince of Perth. He'll, he'll get everyone in. Yep. He walked to the front of the line and got knocked back. So Jamie went up and he said, righto, boys, in with me. <laughs> so he got, he got Fazzy in. So yeah, he, he did the Prince of Perth. I like that, though. Every, every king's got a prince. But you've shown great loyalty in coming to Melbourne so far. You know, I think when trying to do the trade stories and that sort of stuff, it, I've never got the suspicion that you've ever even been interested or entertained the idea of going back to Perth. What, what do you love about Melbourne? Like, do you feel that entrenched to the Carlton Footy Club and the Melbourne lifestyle? Yeah, like, well, at the start, you sort of don't have a choice where you go, obviously, and um, you go to a big club, and it sort of opens your eyes when you first get to a big club. Like, WA footy's different in Melbourne. Like, there's just two two footy teams. They're obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, that's all you know. Then you come over here. I didn't realise how big the clubs over here were and how much Melbourne's sort of the footy bubble. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a while to get used to. Like, the thing with me, like, I've been through so much t- tough times. Like, yeah. For me to leave and, um, I don't know, just sort of all your hard work sort of... And you don't get any reward from it. And um, once you're over for a, for a few years, you start making good mates at the club. And I suppose you do come entrenched with what the, the club's all about and um, you feel a part of it. So, um, And as you move up the ranks of the leadership role, you have 
um, I suppose you get more entrenched with it and you just want to want to see the club do well. And um, yeah, like I'm a pr- pretty loyal family, so um, never usually shy away from uh, things when they get tough. And um, that's sort of what I've done so far. How have you found? I'm interested with you two guys, obviously being co-captain and captain of your of your footy club. I mean, how was for example, something like, I mean, and you guys have, I think you've taken great steps forward this year. Do you agree with that, Scott Carlton? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yep. the scoreboard may have said that you have um, <clears throat> haven't got the wins that you would have wanted, but clearly there's been uh, progress. But what about the 30 minutes after the, the game at the weekend? You know, Brendan Bolton is late to his press conference because he's having that, con- that hard conversation with you guys, your co-captain as a youngster. What is it like in that situation with your mates and your incredibly disappointed and having to be incredibly accountable it's the thing with footy like the best uh, time in footy is when you have a win that 30 minutes after on the ground and in the rooms like you're jovial you're having a laugh and I suppose all the work you put in the week you get reward for effort when you lose like sometimes when you have a loss it's it's flat obviously it's flattening when you get smack like we did it's it's, it's deflating but you're just sort of more angry at yourself yeah everyone's sort of disappointed in what they've dished up um we were talking about before the momentum in footy, um, especially this day and age. Momentum's hard to wrestle back, and as a leader, you think, "Well, how? What could I else could I've done to help yeah. wrestle momentum back?" But you just know the performance like we dished up in the weekend. The media's going to come for you, and um, I suppose you take it two ways. After that, you either get defeated by it or you use motivation. And um, I suppose I hit a front on, and, and you can't lose sight of the fact, like you guys said before, we, we've come a long way. We've been in every game, and I think from the external point of view, we talk about like identity and yep. what the club stands for. And I think the first six rounds have seen a really highly, highly competitive physical side. And the dish up we did in the week was disappointing, but mm. um, I think the message for, from the whole club and from players this week is like you never let one game define your season. Yep. So should be a bit of fun this week against Fenders Mob. So look Listen, forward the one, to it. <clears throat> the one thing in my career when you're on the end of a game like that is like I think is it a six day break for you guys you almost want like a four day break yeah you're just that desperate to get out there because you know like there's going to be sides that get flogged every week probably for the whole year and it's just one of those games where you're slightly a little bit off they were slightly a little bit on and their gap's 5% and that's huge in today's footy momentum's very hard to arrest so like as I said like we know we're coming up against the fierce Carlton side this week from the first six rounds who have been in position to win every game Mm. Um, and I think yeah one and two and five one One and six six, and that doesn't reflect where they actually are they've been in every game of footy um, so we know what we're up against um, and we look forward to to that challenge we're certainly not going to walk out there and think oh well we just can do, try and do what North did they've been much better side than that but yep. as you said the, the best part of footy is that 30 minutes when you do get a win and <clears throat> you, you still feel that sense though, I think as captain and this is your first year yeah, yeah? so year, yeah. Um, you still always feel like you've just got that little burden I think of what can we do better even after you win of like alright what can we do better um, you know even training this week's so like you know Cripper obviously will drive training and drive the edge around it there's always that little bit extra that sits on the captain's shoulder I feel um, but yeah it's just something that that's why I always say I say to Jay all the time leadership groups are so important because those guys I would hate to be a captain like back in 1980 where it's just you and that's yeah. it that would suck so much pressure would just be on your shoulders every week to perform and if you don't you got to cop it so you blokes been watching tapes of each other this week like really studying up on each other's sort of clearance work um, I've watched most of his tapes most weeks. Do you really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I actually watch a lot of his stuff. Oh, right? I'm not, not pissed in his pocket, but <laughs> yeah. um, 
my like I pride myself on my contest work, so you always try and pride yourself on you know, trying to be the best in that area. My area of growth is my untested work, and so in terms of patterns, how like not not the best runner, but you try and be efficient. Yep. Um, get you get yourself in good spots where you can defend, but also get the ball. Um, and I reckon he does that probably the best out of you know in the comp in terms of his patterns and inside mid. Um, in terms of my running capability, um, I'm not going to be someone like a steel side runner. You can just <laughs> run up and down the wing all day. So you've got to be efficient to save energy of the contest. Yeah, I reckon most most players in the comp, like so I'd watch Cripper, Bont, just watch their tapes, just pick up little tricks, what they're doing, how then there's like little patterns that emerge, little moves they like to do, and just works over and over. And then they also they do the basics better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's just as you're saying, consistently get into the next contest. Get to 100 contests a game, you might the ball might land in your lap 30 times, or you might have 10 times it lands in your lap and 20 opportunities to tackle. So, um, yeah, I, I always have enjoyed watching players who I think are at the top of their game, and I've been doing that sort of my whole career. Lenny Hayes was another big one that I used to just love. I reckon he mm. he had that inside outside balance as good as anyone. Yeah, you got to do it. Like the best players, <laughs> like in the comp, like you get some players to play a really good game. Yeah. But they can get lucky with those games. Yeah. But the best players, they I reckon they just study the game a bit. Um, don't always have to be obsessed by it, but you just got to keep learning. Um, and there's a reason why they're consistently good, I reckon. Been remarkably consistent for an incredibly long time. And going just about as well Thanks, as he has. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about you, Scotty. <clears throat> Shot ahead in the AFL uh, coaches' votes at uh, Collingwood. What about having someone like Deezer Williams at your footy club, Cripper? Um, I've seen that he's sort of been thereabouts. Who do you count as your mentors? Like who... Who, who you obviously Juddy be one of them like in terms about your handball craft and your clearance craft who's helped you the most over your career I reckon the old diesel one got blown up I've only done one session with him but he's actually not working at the club just yet isn't he nah oh, I thought he might be he more just does like a bit of personalised coaching so yeah I just thought I'd suss him out to see if I can get a bit of an edge and yep. uh, learn something different but so that, that'll be ongoing but I don't know how long that will go for but yeah uh, anything Jack- in particular Fundamental stuff, yeah. yeah. Especially ball healing stuff. He's big on little fundamental stuff. And so, what, so indulge us. What, what does that mean? Like, what's something as simple as? Oh, just when you do touch, like I do. I was doing it anyway, but a lot of one-handed touch, like picking just, out the ball one-handed. No, just like when the ball's coming to you, like doing one-handed touch, it just allows you to focus on the ball more. But also, you get a feel for. I know you're not relying. Say, if someone holds your arm at a stoppage, uh-huh. you can still control the ball with one hand. Little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like touch kicks, like he was big on like. He's got a pretty similar routine. Every time he kicks out for a goal or field kicking, um, it's just little. Like everyone has their own little tricks, but um, I'm, I'm big on the one hand touch. I think yep. that's a, a big thing. Um, but in terms of mentors, uh, Jaddy was probably my biggest one at the start. Yeah. Um, in terms of footy wise, just because oh, when I was a kid, I was a massive Eagles man. So like coming into the club, you well, got yeah. Chris there. You just yeah. Now, he's a lot funnier in person than he was in, in the media. Yeah. He's a real boring bastard in the media. And then you I meet like him personally. He's, he's bloody good. He's hilarious. He's witty. He's witty. Yep. Very witty. Um, School's Carol on a Judd Corp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he comes up with some random stuff to Joe, man. Um, Mick, Mick Jamison was probably the biggest one off-field really? when I first got there. He probably took me under his wing the most. Yep. So when I first got the club, I was I was probably the only young guy getting the game in my first couple of years because we were a pretty older list. Under Mick? Yeah. Yep. Um, so when we used to go into state, he's the guy I used to probably hang out with the most, and especially media stuff. Like when I first came on the scene, I probably wasn't used to I was a country boy coming to Melbourne. When you start getting a kick for a big club, all of a sudden there's cult supporters everywhere. You just start getting noticed, which... I oh, know. I, I didn't. I found it weird, and it takes a while to get used to. You'd Do you live feel... on that side of town as well? I live in Q, Q now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. You, get, you start as soon as you start getting a kick. 
remember saying to Jaden Stevenson last year, like you, when you start getting a kick and you start getting free coffees and stuff, mm. that's when like everyone knows who you are. And yeah. I was like, trust me, there's good stuff coming, but there's also <laughs> the not so good stuff. Yeah. So yep. yeah, he's like, he couldn't believe it. He's from Ferntree Gully. Yeah. Just wherever he went, there's people wanting a photo and just thought he was a rock star. Yeah. yeah. And it's a different yeah. world. Like, yeah. And when he, when he, like I was 19 when that happened, like just not ready for it. Yeah. So it's sort of, rat, not, it doesn't rattle you, but he just takes a while to get used to And then he was someone I could bounce a lot of ideas off. So he was really good. Did you get a bit embarrassed? By the attention to begin with, Cripper. Oh, I just hated it, to be honest. I yeah. don't really like the um, people coming up to you and sort of the public attention. I'd rather just... The adulation? I'd rather just be a normal, normal bloke and if yep. you go to a pub, you don't have people looking at you or coming up. And, but you, you got you to get used to it. I remember Juddy saying to me, you can either um, go and play local footy and be around... Well, not irrelevant, I shouldn't say. Yeah. A bit of offence for the local footy players, <laughs> but um, just... Yeah, know, be, go, be normal. Yeah, go about your business or you yeah. can embrace it and live out your childhood dreams. So yeah. that's another thing that really stuck me, like he said. What's it like living with uh, Zach Fisher? Is Fish. it is it your household called Fishing Groups? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a bit of banter going around with that. We, we like to muck around that, that name a bit. That's um, no, good. He's a, he's a WA boy as well. Oh, so, is he? Um, yeah. I lived with um, Kieran Byrne and Cam Giles my first few years, who I got drafted with, and they both left. I live with another one of my best mates, and then started this year, lived with, with Fish. One, another one of my best mates from back home, I went to boarding school with, and both our partners are WA girls. So yep. we've got a full household, and couple of pets so it's a bit of a zoo zoo floating around but it's good like it, he's a young fella he's got serious seriously talented and, yep does um, he eat much nah bugger all yeah <laughs> he's, he's, he's so tiny small. but he's, he's so he's wiry strong he's yeah he, um, he's so skillful yeah whenever you play like he, cause he plays inside mid and he's so lively and it's, it's almost like a small forwards around the ball because he's so nippy so lively but then if he gets it and you tackle him you'll yep. be so careful yeah. he's so light if you actually get him properly yep. um, but yeah he's a serious player he's a smart little player um, yeah he's someone you enjoy playing just because he gets the game and um, good with his hands you always love playing guys are good with yeah, their hands I think I read, I read in the Herald Sun he might have spoke about you he was like Cripper's really dedicated with his diet doesn't eat any carbs I was thinking I wonder what his diet's like <laughs> fishes because it's not like he's hitting the protein too hard although he would be trying to put on size but he might be just one of those guys who can't Yep. Yeah. He's weird. He actually is like he's he's strong like when he is like he? he can't break his tackles. I'll I'll never break his tackle. Really? Training, ever. Nah. Oh you break <laughs> break plenty of mine. He <laughs> <laughs> might be handball out, but you'll never <laughs> It's um, weird though. It's like it's someone he's only like seventy five kilos, but yeah. Worry little bugger. Now both your blokes are getting tagged on a regular basis. Cripper, certainly this season the opposition has locked out on you, I feel, a lot more. And Scotty, you put up with it um, for a decade. But was it right that it I've was turned into a tagger now, mate? Yeah. I don't believe hunting. And what, how did it come about the tagging role on Cripper? Yeah, it was two seasons ago. So what's that, twenty seventeen? So Buck said yeah, go no, to no. So it was like late in the third quarter or whatever, and it was yeah. a close game. I think we might have been up by like a goal or something. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and at that stage, sort of Cripper just kept like every clearance he was getting and it's just like whoever was on him wasn't doing the job and I remember just yeah. I was getting frustrated it's like it's come off and I just picked up the phone I said I'm going to go to Cripps in the last quarter hang on you picked up the phone said the Bucks and said, said, yeah, said cause, shove your midfield structure I'm, I'm tagging the big fella yeah well I think because that's the beauty of having relationships with the coaches is you can have those chats and I just said to Bucks like I'm just going to tag him in the last quarter and Bucks is like well ho- ho- hold on he's like you haven't tagged anyone <laughs> uh, and I was like no no just like trust me I'll I think I know what to do just to nullify him for 30 minutes. I think it worked for, like, he still got the ball, but it was under always, like, I felt like I was in your hip pocket. But unfortunately, he sort of exhausted my tactics in 30 minutes. And next time, we all know what happened next time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you handling the heat? 
uh, this year, Cripper, because um, what was it? Um, Jack Zebel last weekend. Weekend before was it Cousins maybe? Yeah. How down in Tassie? Sorry. How are you managing that 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 big challenge at the moment when they are locking down on you or trying to? Yeah, probably last year was the best learning curve because I got it a bit last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually makes you a better player. Like in the same like someone uses a trick on you, so you sort of you know they got me on that that way. How do I? You, you start. I oh know you start studying and you like, well, if he's gonna do that. This is what I'm gonna do. So you sort of try have a like, counteract plan. Like, it makes your game harder without a doubt. Like you got to earn your touches a lot more, but. Um, Does it annoy you? Uh, I think you you look at it as like a bit of bit of respect. You know what I mean? Like you obviously think you you're going all right, so you you can't get too frustrated. You just got to have a plan, go with it, and um, yeah, I, I enjoy the contest. So like when someone tags you, your whole mindset is like you want to you want to beat them, um, and then obviously you have different tactics in game that you can go to. If they, you feel like they're getting on top, or you feel like you're going well, and they change something, you're trying to counteract it, but. I think I reckon that you can got your individual stuff one on one, but when you got a good midfield system and you play together a bit, you can actually use it, the tag as an advantage. You can sort of manipulate mm, teams' balance, space. and that's when you become a really good team that you can use yourself sometimes as a decoy to get others out. Yeah, Hawthorne used to, Sam Mitchell used to do that. Yeah, you did that in the grand so final. Well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can just go to areas that you know, as you said, like Cripper can go sit in an area that they don't want you in, and you know that, and he might have to sacrifice for 15, 20 minutes. But all of a sudden the momentum turns, or they can't get out through a stoppage through this way because mm. you're just clogging it up. And yeah, you can you can certainly lean on more than just the one-on-one battle, the tricks. But as you're saying, when you get tagged, and Bucks was really good talking to me, and Swanee was the same. Was, you know, if you show that you get frustrated when it happens early days, it's only going to happen more. Mm. Whereas if you don't really pay any attention to it and you just learn to play with that, um, yeah, it will stop happening after a while because. At the end of the day, like I don't think it's really affected his form. He's yep. just playing the comp and doing his thing. So, you know, sides eventually they're going to go righto. The tag doesn't work now. Do we try and beat him in a head-to-head battle or a shootout? Yeah, um, yeah. You roll the dice that way. Who's the best tag of your face, Cripper? And you engage in the lip. Do you get? Do you like to? Do you like the banter? Because this bloke it's cost him about three brownlows, I reckon. Because he gets so lippy out in the field. The, the opponents. He gets stuck into the oh, umpires. Talk to the umpires. <laughs> Talk to the umpires too much. Do you engage in that sort of the game? I'm not witty enough to get in the lid, <laughs> unless unless we're up by a lot, which hasn't been too many times in my career. Yep. Um, best tag, I'd say Ben Jacobs is definitely the hardest I've played on. Um, more from a nullifying point of view. He's yep. just disciplined, doesn't really want the ball, and until he does his research and knows how to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I only had him once, so I was hoping he was going to play on the weekend, but Zeeb's got me. Um <laughs> But yeah, like, like I said before, you enjoy you enjoy the tag. Um, yeah, like, it's a funny one. Like it, I was talking to um, I was talking to someone the other day about it. I think it was Johnny Barker. Um, and like Pendle said, if you do get frustrated, um, it's sort of a sign of like they're beating you. Yeah. So I'm not usually one to get frustrated. Yeah. Say that though, they get they get a ball and you're around the area, you don't mind giving them a pretty yeah. pretty hard tackle here and there. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Swanee used to have this is when unlimited rotations, but he used to just say, if I feel like I'm they're getting on top of me or anything, I'm just coming straight off. Just break the momentum, then I'll yep. just go straight back on. Yep. He used to come off. When the tiger would come off, he would call someone off straight away and he'd run straight. So he'd come off for like ten seconds. I did see that. But then the tiger couldn't get back on because yep. the person who just went on was like, I'm not coming back off. He used to yeah, he used to yeah, break or go you know, with your size. What how tall are you? Six five? Six five, yeah. Or ninety five. Yeah. yeah. 
And how much do you grows, weigh? Grows roughly? every article. What, <laughs> what's, your, what's your weight roughly? Uh, about 94, 95. Yeah. yeah. But that's like, I knew it was big. It's hard to manage. Physical battles. <laughs> after, I'm so sorry after we played the Carlton. <laughs> it's not enjoyable the next day. Uh, how are uh, Bolts' barbecues going? Cooper. I haven't got the invite yet. You haven't got nah. an invite yet? Nah, I would have thought no, you'd be captain, first on the nah, list. Nah, last, captain, mate, last Friday. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nah, he actually invited me once, but I, um, I had busy. other commitments. So <laughs> Did you? Let, let the young boys uh, <laughs> go over to Bolts. Other commitments. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> already had dinner Game plans. of Thrones? Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Don't mind a debrief on a, on a Tuesday morning after the episode. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of last night's episode? Uh, I think Khaleesi's starting to lose her marbles. Yeah, she is, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, she's all about it. leadership. Yeah. She's going to be power hungry. Oh, all John, about her. John Snow. Yeah. Who do you think takes out Cersei? Or where's the who? Sansa. Sansa or Jamie Lannister? Sansa, the brother. Yeah, the I love Tyrion too. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I don't it's think just, he's got it in him to be honest. He only can stab her in the knee. Yeah. He's not big enough to do anything. True. But yeah, I reckon Sansa will. It's one of those shows you have to watch with someone. There's too much going on to (laughs) understand it by yourself. I watch it with my missus and she just asks me questions the whole time. What's happening? So I feel like pause and although she's getting better. What do you do to, um, where's your downtime, Cripper? What do you do? Scott watches basketball games and is father of the year. What do you do do to tune out? And how important is that at the moment? It's massive. Uh, I I suppose when you're young, you don't really know. You sort of learn what makes you tick as as you go along. Um, I love NBA as well. I was a massive basketball fan growing up. Um, surfing something I got into lately. Yeah. Because um, I, I just like getting out of the city for a bit. Um, enjoy getting in the water. So I usually go down. I used to go down my older brother. He actually broke his leg the other day, which wasn't ideal. But um, I heard about this. I, I go with the um, Kerno boys a bit, but I just like going in there. I'm not that good, to be honest. I'm slowly getting there. But yeah. One get in down there for a couple of hours and, and I have a chat and get in the water. Just refresh. Get off, get off social media. Sort of freshen you up. So not into your golf. Oh, I had a hit, but yeah, yeah. I yeah, did a long really, time commitment. Yeah. I'm not a golf man. Nah. Eighteen holes is just too much yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, but now surfing is definitely something I really enjoy. Yeah. What about your younger brother? So we know the the old recruiting theory, right? <laughs> the younger brother's always the best one. I'm the middle brother. Oh no, uh, Scotty. Yeah, is, what's your younger? Uh, <laughs> so your, your younger bloke's younger brother's uh, a ruckman. He plays first game at Aquinas, age sixteen, at the weekend. It's a good bit of research. Here. Yeah, yeah. Is he 198? He's a bit. He's bigger yeah. than you. Yeah, he's got me covered now. Uh, like all three of my brothers are all late developers, so he's shot up about 10, 15 centimeters in the last year. Wow. He's big arms and legs, so he's he's handy. Um, he played his first game of first footy, so he's year eleven. Played played in the ruck. Um, that was his first game of, of first, oh, first footy. footy yeah, yep, yep, yep. So he's handy. He's if he gets over two hundred and catch, he, he'll probably get in the list. Yeah, I'm like, like <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, he's I don't know. He, a bit, a bit of pressure on him, but I just tell him to have a bit of fun and yep. relax. But no, he's a good kid. Yeah, and you're helping him with his ruck stoppage craft yeah, already, or are we t- talking about hit zones and that sort of stuff? Yeah, actually, he came to the club the other week because usually when he comes over, ever since I got to the club, he used to come over on holidays and he'd stay with me. Then he'd come and help out and kick the balls out of training. It's pretty good at the club, but yep. uh, me and Cruz are doing a bit of ruck stoppage work, just watching a bit of vision, and I got Joshy to come in and uh, pick Cruz's brains a bit. But a few tricks from the big big tractor, big Cruz. So 88 games in, 88, 89 games in, um, Kripa, as we said, one of the best players in the competition, but uh, you haven't had a lot of success. How much does that burn, and, and um, how much do you, do you want to taste some of that premiership success which Scott has had with a really talented young group that you've got? Yeah, oh, look, individually, it's um, when you first start, um, you're just happy playing. Yeah. Um, so when you start playing, you, you, you obviously wins and losses are important, but 
when you when you're playing and you start feeling AFL footy, you, you're gonna you're enjoying it anyway. Then you get to a certain level where you're like, well, I'm at this stage where I feel like my performance is looking after itself. How can I help other players come with me? And I sort of got to that stage probably started last year. Yeah, try and drag guys with me, and I suppose get them to reach their potential as quick as possible um, and in a hurry. Um, but yeah, it, it's frustrating, um, but also it's it's motivating at the same time. Um, it's, it's one of those things you, you put so much effort and work in and uh, I suppose you sacrifice a fair bit. Um, and we haven't had too much success since I've been there, but um, I know like you, you're building good mates and um, it's, it's going to turn. Like this year, I already feel the momentum going our way for yeah. most of the year. So um, I know once we get there, um, building something from the bottom up with some of your best mates is, is going to be pretty rewarding. And mm. um, for me, like if I left, like you say you go home and you go to the Eagles, they just want a flag and, and yeah. you win one your first year. Does it mean as much as building something from the ground up? But I don't think it, it would. Um, so that's something that really, really really drives me. You've had chances to go, Scott. How th- it'd be interesting. What would be your advice you know, to Paddy? Because you, you came in at the ground level, you and Daisy still not yeah. long after Dane was there. Did you feel like that's – but how proud are you of the one-club journey? I was fortunate. Like, I played – second year I played in a prelim, um, played in, a, like, an overtime game against West Coast in Perth. Um, Good goal. But say, like, that four-year period when we missed the finals for four years in a row, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't like – I look back on that and I'm like, geez, that was four years that was. But every year you're just so engaged. You're trying to get the group there as quick as you can. The next year, like – pre-season you, you ring in blokes you know you do train today or whatever let's do this and just trying to strengthen your relationships and I think the beauty of the comp is the last few years like Bulldogs started at missed finals win a flag Richmond yeah. missed finals win a flag both us and West Coast last year missed finals the year before win a flag Brisbane won four games last year already won on the out five or something this year already like it doesn't take long to turn and um, as Cooper said you can feel it and it's not uh, what was it 2017 for us we, we were similar to Carlton as we lost a lot of close games early in the year and then the back end of the year we won the last six or seven and everyone was like oh Collingwood's okay but the momentum changed and um, you know once you find that confidence as a group and you get it it can elevate your 10-20% but you've got to get it first and you know they're in the process of trying to get that confidence as a group that they can play their way then they can play their way for four quarters and they can play their way for four quarters and win yeah. and then you get a real sweet spot where you think I can play our way four quarters and we can dominate here yeah and that's, when, teams. that's when you know you're going to get there and I don't think they're too far off and um, you know hearing Cripper talk about how much he wants to be a part of it and stuff like that that resonates with me because I'm the same I, mm. I wouldn't want to leave when it's you know it's really hard times and try and yeah. just chase success elsewhere what do you think about the young crew Mackay we, we know all the names Mackay Samo Mentioned Fisher Cunningham's a good young player. You got the Bigs McGovern, a bit more experienced now. Yeah. How, how good is the? Yeah, well, you, you talk. They used to talk about the spine. Like, where's the spine? And you can see what their buildings there. Challenge. Um, now they just need time. Need time. Um, you know, so I think I said a few weeks ago with a guy like Georgie Dugowie. I think he's played eighty odd games or seventy odd games. Yeah. He wasn't the player he is now, but it, it's happened in the last sort of twelve months because he gets used to. AFL footy and, and Charlie Kerr now is probably in that boat. You know, it's going to happen for him soon. He's just got to keep working at it. Mm. What do you think of the other mob, um, Cripper? Saw that first quarter against Port Adelaide. I think it was 15 scoring shots. <coughs> they were a well-oiled machine at the moment, Collingwood. It's a big test for you, blokes. Yeah, you always look at a team like, oh, what's their weakest line? I don't think Collingwood have a weak line. Like, I, I rate them as the best team in the competition at the moment. Yep. Um, it's longer going well as well, but in terms of their midfield, like, Freddie Grundy is probably the best ruck in the comp. In terms of on ball brigade, 
experience, all know what, how to get the job done. Um, you've got blokes like Penos who sacrifices a role certain yep. weeks to for the benefit of the team, which is a sign of a good side. Their forward line's dynamic. Like, I don't reckon there's too many forward lines like theirs. They've got goalkeeping power everywhere, but there's not a focus on sort of one player. Yeah, speed. Every week. Speed. Then their back line, like intercepting. Like, they intercept a lot, so it's going to be a good test this week. But um, I think what, what he, what Pendle said before in terms of momentum and that close games, that's, that's where we're at at the stage of the moment. Like, we're... We're in games. It's just how do how do we get four quarters of playing our brand the whole mm. time? And um, Bulldogs is probably the only game we've done that. Um, Hawthorne we did it probably for two and a half quarters. Um, so the take out North Melbourne the two weeks before that was a really yeah. really positive step in the way we were going. Yeah, we had a cracking game in the preseason too. Oh, and we that won was, by that was good points in yeah. Morwell. So yeah, we we've looked at that as well. And yeah, Carlton Collingwood games are always good no matter where we are it's yeah. a bit like Anzac Day it doesn't matter where you sit on the ladder mm. there's always we know there'll be 90 odd thousand there and um, yeah it'll be on which will be good be good fun well Paddy before we let you go mate are you enjoying the game are you having fun I mean obviously I saw you do the media conference this week after you did the circle out in the uh, freezing uh, bay and you, uh, you you fronted up for the for the presser, and it was it looks you know it was hard work for you but you're enjoying footy mate you still you still get the goosebumps running out you know, with the rest of the team, you still love rocking up to work every day. You know, is it still that dream job for you? Yeah, it is. Like I, I wouldn't play footy; it wasn't fun. Like it's that's sort of my motto. Like you work hard, you got to have fun along the way. Like that's sort of what I try and live by in, the, in my sort of footy career. Um, it's never, never ideal rocking up on a Monday morning doing a press when you get pumped. Um, <laughs> what are you thinking before the before the we start firing these questions? What are you? What are, what's going through your mind? Just don't. Can you stuff see the cameras or? when you drive in? Oh, I knew I was getting that, and yeah. I was just like, I was thinking, I was going to get the crash helmet on here. They're just going <laughs> to, just going to keep firing away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I was walking out the press, and I was, I was going to the guys, exactly what I want to do on a Monday morning. And yeah. Got a bit of a laugh out of them, but yeah, it's not ideal, but it's one of those things you got to hit yep. front on. And yep. like I said before, just a week's a long time of footy, so yep. change pretty quickly. It's going to be a ding dong uh, battle, Cripper. We thank you for uh, coming into the George here and uh, and talking um, talking all things on the Jock and Journo pod. We really appreciate your time, mate. Absolutely, all be- all the best on the weekend. I hope it's a tie and you and you <laughs> blokes uh, both have uh, thirty of it uh, each. So thanks so much for coming in, mate. Really thanks, appreciate thanks, it. Guys. Thanks, thanks mate. Appreciate it. What a treat that was to speak to Big Cripper. Can't wait till Saturday's game, Scotty. When you take on the uh, big dog, he's uh, he's going well, isn't he? Great he man. Is, he's, um, yeah, I think the, like what I admire about the way he plays is he just plays the same way every week, and regardless of the scoreboard, and it's been hasn't been favourable more often than not so far in his career. But he doesn't drop his bundle. He plays it right out, and even on the weekend, he's a little bit quiet in that first quarter. But yeah, I think he finished with two goals and thirty touches. He just keeps going and. I think as your as your captain and a guy to look up to, and um, you know he'd be wrapped. And even just some of the, you know, when he spoke about wanting to stay, and that was interesting. Hard wasn't times, it? Yeah. Oh, you just if you're a Carlton supporter, you'd be you'd eat that up. Oh, you'd be loving it. But you know, you've got the right guy for yeah. What is he? Twenty four, like ten yep. years to, to lead your club. So yeah, um, you know they probably should have a ten year deal in front of him right now. I bet they do. Be big bucks, and he deserves it. Hey, Coco, great to see uh, you here, mate. Thanks for joining us. We had a couple of things to talk about quickly. Um, we're going to speak about Corin, um, yeah. your little mate, yeah. who looked like it had a massive impact on the Collingwood playing group. Ask about that, Scotty. Tommy Wilson. Yeah. And just your quick thoughts on um, Stephen May and just in general terms, how we feel about al- drinking alcohol when you're out injured in, in uh, particular. But, Coco, good to see you, mate. Did you enjoy the chat with Gripper? That was good. He was 
How big is he? Yeah, big. Yeah. Jeez, I he's told you big that he's big. I reckon yeah. I've told you guys before that he's massive. I don't envy you. That's why I snuck in like how tall are you when you're 6'5", I'm like 6'3". How heavy are you when you're like 95? So that means hydrated, carved up on game day is 97. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 88. So, yeah, I'm, I'm punching my own weight division. But I do, to... I do enjoy playing on him though. Like it's, I really, really enjoy it because it's just literally from the first minute to last, it's oh, no. on and like it's weird because I'm sitting here really admire the bloke, but I know on Saturday yeah. that it's going to be on from start to finish, and he knows that as well. But yep. um, it's a really good battle. You're gonna have to get dirty, I reckon. Do you have any? Well, I think dirty both, moves every time you? we played them, I reckon I've have ten plus tackles because yep. As you spoke about before with his running patterns and stuff, he's very good at just – he keeps going to the ball. So, for me, he just drags me along with him and, yep. you know, I'm behind him or, you know, sometimes I'm in front of him and, you know, I'm not going to go the complete negate style. You know, I'll still go get the ball if I can. But, yep. yeah, he's – like when you're tackling too, like if you tackling and you got to like really expend everything and then he lands on top of you, you're like, oh, <laughs> here's another 100 kilos hitting you. Yeah. Maybe the four best players in the competition at the moment – I'd put yourself in there. I'd have Cripper in there, Jeremy Cameron, and maybe Bar- Marcus Bonson-Pally. Yeah, yeah, the certainly, awesome. Certainly form-wise, you guys are absolutely flying. But I reckon the um, the highlight for me of the season so far was what I saw with you guys and Kyron, not only throughout the week at training, and, uh, and his dad was there, of course, but the way you guys embraced him after the win after Port Adelaide all seemed really instinctive, really genuine. And when you and Ads Chalor cheered him off, I was sitting there with my wife and, you know, it was really emotional just yeah. to be watching this. How did it feel for yeah. you to be in that moment? Yeah, when I, when I met him, when he came down earlier in the week, and just heard his story and seen his dad. And, um, you know, obviously Kyron's just a little kid, so he probably doesn't fully grasp what's happening. But yeah. spoke to his dad and, um, yeah, like as a parent, you sort of – I feel like you relate a bit more. And I just um, I just couldn't couldn't fathom it. And I even – I said after the game to, to my wife, Alex, I said, like, actually really str- – I slept for three hours after the game. Yeah. I, just, I really struggled to go to sleep because I just kept thinking about – Kyron and his family and what they're going through and how hard that must be for them. And Did you really? We just wanted to do something that hopefully Kyron really enjoyed, that his family really enjoyed. And, um, yeah, I remember just walking off and we were initially just going to get him to lead the boys off and he'd really enjoy that. And then I remember just thinking, like, he's five years old. He's probably too small to even see over the um, fence. fence. So I said to Ads, let's pick him up and chuck him on our shoulders. And, and yeah, we asked Kyron and he sort of, didn't say yes or no, so he took the license and threw him up <laughs> on the shoulders and yep. waved to the crowd and then got his dad in and sang yep. the song. And I reckon it was a really cool moment. And, you know, even when we were after the game, after the game we were in the rooms, it's like yep. didn't even talk about the game or what happened. It was like, you know. About him. That was just like Buck sort of said, well done, boys. Like I'm yeah. really proud of the way we handled the week with Kyron and his family. And, um, you know, we played a good game of footy, but it's – Bigger. Yeah, significant. Um, it's insignificant until to what you guys did so well done. And um, yeah, he's very proud of us. So that was his post game chat with the players. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Port Adelaide game at all. That's just pretty spoke. cool, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's like, to be honest, it's pretty hard to talk about footy. Like, for me personally, if we had have gone kicks, marks, and handballs or whatever, it's, my yeah. mind wasn't there. Yeah. Um, my mind was with Kyron, his family, and um, yeah, just the unfortunate circumstance they're in. So I just wanted to make sure they had a really good experience with us. Without putting too fine a point in it, what what was it like, you being a dad, seeing his dad 
knowing oh, that they may only have a short time think together. I'd, yeah. If somebody said that was me and I had to give everything I've done in football back and I would never play football, I'd give it all back in a heartbeat. Of course. Um, yeah, I just – yeah, I said I didn't sleep well after the game because I just kept thinking about it. Um, yeah, just, I just the questions and stuff, you know, like how do I tell his brothers and sisters and um, how do you – how do you just sort of enjoy every day that you have with him, knowing that um, it's unlikely that you know he's got longer than one or two years left to live? So yeah, um, yeah, I think, and you know, the feedback from a lot of people was they thought that we did a really good thing for for Kyron. And as I said, it wasn't about us at all. It was about trying to make his experience with us as good as it could have been. And yeah, was. I was really proud of the yeah. guys. Tell yeah. us about Tom Wilson. I are uh, he's uh, signed yeah. uh, with you guys, Cat B rookie. Former gun basketball, I think he played in the Boomers this year. Yep. He apparently is very much like you yep. and Bonson and Pally as players inside yep. smooth moving midfielders. Yeah, so I don't know much about him from a football point of view. Yep. Um, I followed him a little bit with his basketball career. Um, yeah, and watched him go about his business there. And then, yeah, he had his first day yesterday, being Monday. Um, just sort of a first day at school, you know, doing sort of all the admin stuff and meeting everybody. And then. Um, yeah, day two today for him. So we we're down at MSAC, which is pretty funny because that's his home base with the yeah. Tigers, and he's back there as a footballer. So, yeah, I think it's a um, yeah, it's an exciting prospect for the club. You know, he's six four, and by all reports, you know, a really really good athlete. So, yeah, I think he'll do a, a bit of blocker training now, get used to footy, um, and then yeah, he'll he'll play. Um, I would imagine VFL in probably four to six weeks, and then yeah, I believe he could play AFL this season if he's. I've heard that capable. So yeah, but I think obviously you just start with get used to footy, condition your body. And, like, he'll be fit enough now. He's just got to get used to the game plan and then the physical side of it. Yeah, and then see how he goes. Well, he was AIS junior, so we've got, a, obviously, a special player on our hands. Jealous and other basketballers in you. Can you got him one-on-one? Or? <laughs> well, so far they've all come in and they've, like, they have to Been try and come lesson. through me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I've got the mantle at the moment. Um, you're the best. You're the best basketball at Collingwood still comfortably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Tom comes in and so when's this going to happen? When's this showdown no, going to happen? Like not, we need to film this. We need to get in there. Yeah. I want to be there and watch it. This will be I'm a not ticket of affair. We're not doing it within the next six months because his basketball game will be too strong. So okay, we're tactical about we're that. Post season. Uh, post season. No that doubt. has to be a Jock and Jones special. A lot of the basketball guys post season we do link up and play a fair bit of basketball as conditioning. Yep. So we do and we play and like you play for hours. So, yep. but yeah, hands, like no question at all, Tom <laughs> would smoke me in basketball. What's your starting five at Collingwood? Uh, me, Tom, Jack Madgen, uh, Brody Coxie. Grundy, Mason Cox. That's actually like unreal. Can Grundy, like, I didn't know Brody can yeah, play. very good. Mate, he's very like good. eight foot. Yeah. yeah. 100 yeah. kegs. He's very good. Very, Alex. very Who's good. Who's the best pure shooter outside you? Uh, Jack Madgen. Outside him. He played basketball. Oh, outside of us guys that play. Yeah. Best shooter. Uh, Howie's very good. Yep. Adam Trelaw's very good. Yep. Um, yeah, probably those two. Okay. Yeah. Hey, before we go, <clears throat> one quick serious one. Um, big story, Stephen May, over the past 48 hours. Um, seen having a few drinks, very quiet with friends, behavior, um, no dramas. Um, got some things going through with his, going on in his life, but he was drinking while. Uh, injured and generally from all everything I know clubs uh, advise against that you know yeah. in fact there's a blanket rule at Melbourne that you can't do that you can't drink while um, you're out injured what's the policy if one at Collingwood and what's your view on that um, yeah so 
ours is probably similar to most clubs. If it's um, short-term, muscle-related, um, like no drinking because you don't want it to affect your preparation when yeah. you're coming back. Yep. Um, you know, if you are if you're back in full training, um, the doctors and that ticket off, or you get back, say, um, say I did my calf and I come back last week, played, yep. and we all had a drink. You know, I'd ask the docs, "Do you mind?" You know, I'm only one game back, and yeah. So yeah, we've it's pretty open. It's we don't have a blanket rule. Mm-hmm. Um, we more deal case by case, and because you know, there's certain guys with different things going on, and yeah. Um, so as a captain, what's your general expectation of blokes? Like- uh, mine's been probably a little bit different. I just treat guys like adults until they show me their kids and then they can be treated like a kid but I'll start off with everyone being an adult and yep. we have those chats and you know make adult decisions you are an adult you're 18 years old you can have a drink and um, you know the one that I always find funny is it's you know is having a beer that bad and if it's that bad blah 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 it's like well is having a pizza as bad for you you know post game what's worse having one beer or you know a large pizza like is it much of a muchness so yeah I don't think Tough choice. Yeah, it's just, just don't read too much into it. I think yep. if he's having a couple of beers and um, I don't know, as you said, if it's that's their rule, then he's gone against the team rule. I think that's the issue, not the actual drinking as such. It's the fact that he's opted to go against yep. Melbourne's team rule. So, yep. um, yeah, I've, for us, yeah, well, that's sort of how we play it. Guys on the long-term injury list, it's probably almost encouraged that they off-field go have a beer, catch up with mates, keep them fresh, you know. Is like it? Mm-hmm. Guys doing knees and stuff like that, you know. And go out and have a beer, enjoy yourself. Yeah, get to work Monday to Friday because that's that's graveyard shift, you know that sort of stuff. So yeah, enjoy yourself. And then when you get him back closer to play, you know probably a month out, you know tighten Switch all those me. elements yeah. up. But yeah, the heart and soul of football for as long as I've known it, and what every player grew up with is country footy, metropolitan football. It's game finishes, beers in the room, yep. food in the room, bonding. So, yeah, um, relaxing, yeah. relax, enjoy yourself, have fun and. When you have fun, mate, everything seems to go a little bit better and you enjoy what you do. Well, it's been another Ripper episode. Cocker, don't you think? I feel so enlightened. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that, that was great. Thanks, mate. We're going to do the Twitter? We've got to ask yeah, yeah. Oh, fans, Twitter questions, fans, Cocker. No, I've got them here. Uh, so we'll start oh, I want to hear with, their name, who's asking yeah, we'll the question. we'll start off with a few. So this is where I stuff up everyone's name. We've got uh, Paul. We'll start. <laughs> <laughs> nice and Did easy. I get that right? Yeah. Um, we got Paul. Uh, what's the? Who are the best guys you've lined up uh, – Alongside and why? Yeah, um, so I actually tagged Swanee in one. He was one, like the probably the best player I ever played with. Swanee, just his competitive instinct, but his ability to have fun out there and enjoy himself and not take himself too seriously. And I mean by that, you know, keep the goal, he rub his stomach because everyone said he was fat. Like, <laughs> sort of knew what was out there, but he was never ever going to let it affect him. And he was very good on the lip. And yeah, just the overall package. He never took footy too seriously, but he was a super competitor. Um, Jimmy Clement was another one who was probably the other side, you know, ultimate competitor, ultimate professional, um, ruthless when he played. And that game with James Hurd, when he almost changed the hands in the back rule off that game, when Hurd, he just couldn't beat him in a one on one contest. And um, yeah, he was an amazing player to play with. And we got uh, one from Justin, uh, just wanting to know about the different grounds around the AFL. You heard someone refer to Marvel Stadium as soulless. Do yeah, you agree? I've seen that come through. That's a good question. I reckon. Um, so like for me whenever I play I love playing on the road I feel like the crowd's against us and that's really good um, really good vibe uh, probably when you're on the road I love playing at Adelaide Oval their supporters are just awesome they're so hostile they make the environment like almost like a cauldron for them it's the best almost the best atmosphere in footy I reckon yeah Adelaide. and how, the, how people stand on that hill and have a beer and um, really get into you 
Um, and then, yeah, Marvel is the one that for us, we don't play there too often, play there three times. Um, it's funny, it's, it is, it's, it does lack, it feels like it lacks that atmosphere, but in terms of actual quality of footy that gets played there, it's always a good brand of footy that's played there under the roof, it's quick, conditions are perfect. So, um, yeah, but the home of footy, the MCG is my favourite, but Adelaide Oval on the road is really good. Mm-hmm. We got one from Rodney, not Rocket E, <coughs> but a, a different Rodney, and he wants to know, uh, you look like the kind of guy that's interested in coaching and how do you prepare for that whilst you're still playing? Yeah, um, I think that's yeah, another good question. But I, I've just tracked the game now. Mick Moldas, when I first started, said to have a journal. Um, so I've got like this journal, uh, 280-odd games in it where after wow. every game I just write who we played, how I went, who played on me, who did I play on, what was my job type thing. So it's just like a little... Some week will be one line, some week will be a paragraph, and it's just like, I don't know, I've just got it. Um, and then from the moment I walked into footy, I always had an interest in coaching, so I've sort of got another one with over the years, what teams have done, what I liked. Some trends. Coaches, styles, relationships, sayings, stuff like that. So I've got like, it's funny, if you just do a little bit, you know, every week or two, it's amazing after like 10 years of playing that I've now that how many pages this Word document's become at, at home, so... Um, that'd be cool yeah I think that um, yeah what I've got is really cool at home that I've you know I've read over it before when I travel or something and I'm bored and I'm, how do I kill an hour I'll read through my games and just like some of the comments I say especially in my early days like I oh, was shit today like <laughs> end of story type stuff or you know if I played a good one and I was 10 games in like I probably wrote a page worth of <laughs> everything I did well <laughs> Uh, and we got one more from Brady Cook who uh, says that he likes the Game of Thrones theories and what do you got for us? Um, yeah, I liked last episode, Game, like the... Because you did Arya, didn't you? you thought, yeah, I thought Arya was going to kill the Night King. Oh. I don't know why, but I just thought I, she's done too much training not to have like a significant involvement. But yeah, um, yeah, I feel like Sansa's going to be the one um, that will kill Cersei. Um, Daenerys is... I feel like she's like the she's just falling apart she's she losing doesn't it. know how to what is she without the dragons so there's one left that goes what is she like what what fears she's an she auntie have? she's slowly turning into the mad queen yeah yes, so i don't know i just yeah i think sansa will kill her because sansa's been through like if you actually from the start to the end she's mm-hmm. been through so much and she's been still pretty calm shit. person yeah so she's seen everything so i reckon tactically Smarts, blah blah blah. She's yeah, probably equipped to do it. Are you on her now, or you were off her last week? Yeah, it's funny. I changed. I don't mind her now, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think she will get it done. So we got one from Jacob tweeting, and a few people were interested in this one. Uh, could you give us a couple of Ryan Loney and Shane O'Bree anecdotes? Uh, Lones used to love a bit of spa time, so he'd sit there and. He always, Lones used to always refer to himself and we used to talk about this when we were there. He's like, us older blokes when we were first started. So I was like 18, 19. It's like us older blokes, us older blokes all the time. Then we found out he was like 25. <laughs> like he's not even old. He always refers to himself like this old bloke. Um, yeah, and Cheesy O'Bree, what did I have for him? I don't know. He was always just playing like practical jokes, like knocking off people's keys or wallets or phone or sending messages to people's girlfriends saying... And not home tonight, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Just little things like that. So both boys are very, very good value. Why cheesy? I don't know. This is what I was, when I come in, it's called cheesy, eh, bro? Well, there you go. Yeah. Not sure. Thanks so much for sending in those Twitter questions. We'll do that again uh, next week. Scotty, 
Good luck uh, for Saturday, Thanks, mate, mate, and the uh, assignment on the Man Mountain. I uh, appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Jock and Journal Show. You're need it. We'll see you next week. Thank bye you. Bye bye.